This is episode number 171 of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of To Birth and Beyond. I'm Jesse Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. Hey, it's Anita here. Before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to share with you that I created a free prenatal pelvic floor resource for you. It's a free ebook with three common misconceptions when it comes to preparing your pelvic floor for birth and includes three tips of what to do instead. If you're pregnant or know someone who is, this resource is key for preparing for birth. The tips I share are what I teach and have worked through with hundreds of prenatal physiotherapy clients, and I use myself with both of my pregnancies. Also, a bonus is that two of these tips will also give you a head start on your postpartum recovery by understanding how to connect to your pelvic floor before you even give birth. You can go to the link in the show notes for this episode at tobirthandbeyond.com or to my website, holistichealthphysio.com to download your free ebook today. Hello, my friends. It's Jesse here. Today's episode is a replay. It is a super popular episode and we thought we would give it a reboot in case you missed it. It is all about using mobility exercise in pregnancy to help prepare your body and your mind for birth. And we're talking about cesarean birth, vaginal birth, however that birth might go, even if it is different than what you might have been planning for or hoping for. So we're going to tell you what mobility exercise or mobility work even is. We will tell you why we think it's so useful for people in pregnancy who are having these wild and changing demands on their bodies. We will bust some myths for you about movement and mobility in pregnancy, including one that you've probably heard that maybe you shouldn't do any rotation or twisting in pregnancy. And we'll tell you why mobility and flexibility work aren't necessarily the same thing and the distinctions we use with our clients and patients to help them simply feel much better and more comfortable in their body and then again help prepare your body for birthing and then on the other side the postpartum recovery of it we hope this is helpful give us a dm on instagram at any time or pop us an email we'd love to hear from you and if you have more questions let us know hey everyone welcome back to another episode of to birth and beyond it's jesse mundell and Anita Lambert. And today we're going to be doing an episode all about the benefits of mobility type exercise in pregnancy and the benefits in pregnancy, preparing for birth and different types of births, as well as for postpartum recovery. And Jess and I both feel this is often kind of a missing piece when we talk about exercise, especially in pregnancy. 
um, often the focus is a lot on strengthening, whether it's the pelvic floor or the body in general. And we both agree that that's definitely important. However, mobility, I find really helps with comfort in pregnancy. So often in the clinic, I'm seeing people come in for low back pain, hip pain, rib pain, pelvic pain. And what I find kind of the common factor that we bring into in terms of treatment is mobility work and how much better they feel during pregnancy with this. So I'm curious, Jess, if you find that as well with the clients you work with online. Yeah, I absolutely do. And I know we've talked about this before on the show, but I have experienced this with my own self and my own body through pregnancies and especially my second pregnancy. And I love strength training. It's the form of exercise I like to do the most. And that said, mobility work in pregnancy really changed how I felt within my body in terms of that comfort level. So I think a lot of people who might be feeling, say, some aches, pains, discomfort during pregnancy think that they should or need to back off their movement altogether or their exercise when really some movement and particularly mobility work might be a really powerful thing to help you feel differently in your body. Mm -hmm. So can we talk about what even is mobility? I was just going to say, because I know a lot of people, well, not everyone knows what mobility work is. So why don't you share, Jess, kind of your, how you talk about with clients and I'll, I'll share if my uh, definition is any different. Yeah. So when I think of mobility work or mobility type exercise, to me, it's just really moving through different ranges of motion and mostly unloaded. So for me, strength training or resistance type exercise would be moving through different types of ranges of motion in a loaded way with weight or resistance and mobility work is unloaded. So it's going to feel very different. The sensation in your body it is going to feel less challenging, less strenuous, and hopefully bring about some feelings of relaxation to you. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I would completely agree with that. And I find sometimes I'll talk about it too, that a lot of people think of like static stretching when it comes to release work. And sometimes I'll talk about it. It's almost like dynamic type stretching. So you're moving through different movements that perhaps you may have held in the past or maybe in pregnancy, you still might choose to do that. Um, but rather than holding one stationary stretch type position, you're moving through multiple positions or between two. Yeah. But like you said, Jess, in terms of unloaded. So that's what I often will talk about too. Um, and then people realize, oh, maybe they had been doing a little bit of that already, um, or they never really thought about doing that in pregnancy. So I find it can make such a difference with comfort. Um, and then I also look at two the demands on our body in pregnancy. So regardless of the type of job you do, I know some people more stationary and especially right now um, with a lot of people working from home, a lot of people are sitting, but how I'm having people take advantage of working from home right now is finding, you know, those movement breaks throughout the day, which often is mobility work or different ways to sit. And one way in pregnancy, a really great way to get some mobility work through the pelvis and the low back is actually doing some ball work. So sitting on the birth ball, some people will do that to be on the computer if they need to. But then it's really easy to do pelvic tilts, pelvic circles, different ways to actually 
give the body some movement um, throughout the day. Plus there's so many other ways to use a birth ball in pregnancy, but um, I find that's often the case. Plus if you have toddlers or other kids at home, there's still a lot of physical demands on you, whether it's keeping up with them, whether it's lifting them. Um, And I also talk to clients about all these awkward positions we have to get into with lifting So if you do have a toddler, but then also in preparation, and we'll talk a bit later about postpartum, there's a lot of awkward lifting postpartum with babies, cribs, um, play pens, bassinets, it doesn't matter. And traditionally, we're often taught of lifting in a particular way, back straight, you know, doing a perfect squat or quote unquote, perfect squat. Um, And Jess and I having gone through that twice, I don't do that with my clients. And I don't really feel like it's needed. So I already start that kind of work in pregnancy. Mobility work is really helpful and learning to move your body in different ways, different angles, and sometimes like really awkward ways of moving with your body because that's real life in pregnancy and postpartum. Yeah, I love it. I had a note written down here about mobility work in pregnancy, helping you feel like you can move more easily in the positions or ways that you want to or need to be able to move in. And it is exactly that. The demands of pregnancy, the demands of postpartum, if you're caring for a baby, an infant, other kids, it will force you to do some weird things with your body sometimes. And if we can just practice some of these movements, practice getting our bodies into positions that are not our go-tos or our tendencies, I think that that can be a really useful part of this. Mm -hmm. And I think with that too, in pregnancy, kind of a couple myths um, that can be helpful to go through is people are often told, you know, don't twist in pregnancy, don't twist the torso. And I'm not totally sure where that came from I've tried to see I've tried to research where that came from because I feel like it's really common um, and I haven't really been able to find a reason why you shouldn't rotate in pregnancy and you really need to be able to do that and I find the torso and the rib cage is an area that often just feels really stiff with the changes going on with your body that with your chest and belly growing in the front and just that area just tends to feel tense so I find a lot of rotation work side bend work with your mobility work actually feels so good and then it carries into day-to-day life when you do have to do those movements because you will have to do those movements yeah totally it's so true and I think just going back to what you're mentioning about the twisting I've had some fitness clients who have been worried that it's going to be harmful to baby and potentially harmful to their diastasis. So maybe we can hit on that. Will twisting movements through the upper body, through the trunk, be harmful, say, to the abdominal muscles, to the abdominal wall? Yeah, I would say no, that it it's not. And if anything, I think working on movements in that actually is more helpful because you do want to work on, even though the belly is going to grow, and as we know, diastasis is very common and very normal within pregnancy, we want to have that flexibility around that area that that can actually help within itself um, feel better, whether it's with exercise and how you're moving throughout the day. What do you feel like with that? 
Yeah, totally agree. Absolutely. And I think it's just always important to keep in mind, and this is something that we've taken from Anthony Lowe, a mentor of ours, is to do something different with your body. And that can be one of the greatest things that we can do to help us feel better in our bodies in terms of our aches, pains, discomfort, but also in managing diastasis and healing diastasis, doing something different, loading the core and the pelvic floor in different ways is useful. Can we hit on one more myth potentially? Okay. So we hear a lot of nervousness about people doing flexibility work in pregnancy because they've heard things like it's going to be damaging for their tissues or their joints. So number one, is mobility and flexibility work the same and is stretching bad in pregnancy? Yeah, so I would say they're not necessarily the same thing. Um, And stretching isn't necessarily bad in pregnancy. And I think it goes back to the idea of relaxing. And often, I think a lot of things get blamed on relaxing. Um, And, you know, different things like we've talked before about pelvic girdle pain, that levels of relaxing don't necessarily correlate with um, a person's feeling of pain or the amount of dysfunction they feel with specifically pelvic girdle pain. So to know that relaxant has a, a purpose in pregnancy and that it's not something that's necessarily going to be um, because of the levels of relaxant that we have in pregnancy, that it's going to be causing injury um, with that. Cause I would agree that is a lot of times people are told to be really cautious. And I would say, you know, think similarly to when you're not pregnant Like you're not going to necessarily push past a threshold. And I would say too, that's also going to depend on who you are. Like my background as a dancer and having worked with a lot of dancers over the years, it's going to be different in terms of what that's going to look like for them. So just keeping in mind kind of your body and what you're used to doing. And if you wouldn't push into something before pregnancy, then in pregnancy, if you are feeling more flexible, some people do, um, you don't necessarily need to push past that either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never understand people who feel flexible in pregnancy because I never did. <laughs> never. Okay, I think that's really helpful. So like general principles, if you are stretching, if flexibility work feels good for you, like stretch into a comfortable position where you can continue to breathe in a position that feels like you can relax into it, if you're fighting to stay in that position, come out of it a little bit. It's so similar to the guidelines we would give for any exercise in pregnancy. And just like you said too, like everyone's body and background are going to be different. So it's going to look different in those bodies. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So I thought it'd be good. Why don't we go over some of our favorite mobility exercises, which we totally realize with the podcast, it's a little bit challenging because we can't necessarily show you but we'll talk through them. And these exercises you can find so many places um, online. I know one particular resource I like to recommend is from Spinning Babies. It's called the Daily Essentials. And they do have um, an area on their website where different exercises are written out, but they do have a digital video version. And it's essentially like a mini prenatal yoga flow. 
Um, and all those movements, I just really love anyways. And then when I found that resource, I was like, oh, that's great. They're all in one place. Um, so it's just one of those things where, you know, finding, we're going to mention some of our favorites. You don't have to do all of these. These are just ones we enjoy. Our clients have liked. So you have to see what works for you. And also depending what you're experiencing in pregnancy, if you are experiencing any type of symptom, whether pelvic floor symptom or pain, um, just to keep that in mind to see what, what works for you. And if you're working with a health or fitness professional, you can go through that individually with them. So one that I'm a big fan of is cat cow. And I think that's probably one of the more like more known exercises. And that's where you can do a seated version and a hands and knees version. Um, so on hands and knees, you would be on hands and knees and basically you're rounding your back up towards the ceiling and letting your head, um, lengthen towards the floor. So you feel a nice stretch in the neck and throughout the spine. And then you're kind of curling the tail under, and then you would reverse that. So think of lengthening the back down towards the floor and your tailbone. I usually cue the tailbone towards the ceiling to really lengthen out. This helps also to lengthen the pelvic floor. And then you're gradually looking up kind of towards where the ceiling meets the wall. And so this one can feel really nice on the spine, on the neck, on the rib cage. I give this all the time for people who have pelvic floor tension. So I find there's so many benefits. And then the seated version is walking you through the same thing, except you can sit cross-legged or if you're sitting on a chair and you're doing the same, you're lifting your chest towards the ceiling and then reversing, rounding where you curl the tail under, and it can feel really nice too. So that's one of my favorites. Um, What would be one of your top favorites, Jess? Oh, I love it. I just want to chime in a little bit more on cat-cow because it was probably the thing I did the most in my second pregnancy when I knew that potentially I was going in for another C-section. And I know I've talked about this before too, but in my first C-section, I had such a difficult time rounding through my spine and particularly the lower back. So I practiced cat-cow in all the possible positions, like you're saying, seated, hands and knees. I would do it half kneeling on both knees. I would do it standing kind of in a hinge position hands on something elevated, legs a little bit straight, standing up, all the positions. And it just felt, it felt A, so nice on my body, but also like I was doing something that I had a little bit of control over. Like I was preparing for birth in this specific way. Um, So yeah, love it. I also love this exercise that we call with my clients, adductor rock backs. So this is stretching through the inside of the thighs. So imagine you are kneeling down on the floor on one knee and your other leg is stretched out straight to the side and your hands are on the floor in front of you. And then you rock your bum or your hips back towards your back heel of that bent knee and then rock out of it into your hands again, come back into the hips, go back onto the hands. So that leg that is staying stretched out to the side the whole time, you'll feel quite a nice stretch, hopefully through the inner thigh there. You would do it on both sides. And that I find can be super nice for a lot of people in pregnancy who are feeling some tension through the groin, tension into the pelvis, even some discomfort or pain in the pelvis too. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I love that one. And I think people are surprised when they first do it and they realize maybe how much tension they experience in that position. Um, And it's great. And I think I loved how you talked about, and I remember you mentioning that before with your experience with Steele's birth, feeling like you couldn't round your back because you hadn't focused on mobility work as much with her pregnancy um, and how much a difference it made in the second one. Um, and I tell clients that too, that it's like, let's prepare for all the, the possibilities, right? And that too, like when I talk about preparing for birth, um, really helpful for if you're going to be an epidural, um, but also in terms of labor positions. So depending when baby is first trying to engage in the pelvis in the inlet, so at the top, For some people, actually tucking under is actually a great way to help create more space for baby um, to get in. And then the reverse, so more of the kind of arching back is often as baby is coming out the outlet, that that is a great position to create more space in the outlet. So just there's so many benefits to that type, the cat-cow. And then what Jess was talking about, like um, adductor tension, if you think of different, again, different labor positions or birthing positions, that's a great thing to be able to work through in pregnancy that you might have more available positions, um, during labor and during birth too. Um, so I love, I love that one as well. One that I really like for rotation through the thoracic spine, I was just thinking, cause I was doing this with a couple of my, um, clients today is windmill. So this one I know can often feel a bit intense. So I tell people to use different, uh, some people can reach down to a yoga block. Other people will have them use like chair height and you're basically standing in front and you're going to hinge forward at the hip. So you want to keep long spine, the legs long, but the knees not locked. And you're going to be using your breath, take a nice inhale. And as you exhale, you're rotating, uh, following one hand with your nose and you're rotating up towards the ceiling. So you're going to get a rotation through the spine, through the torso and the ribs. Um, and when you first do it, you might realize this feels very stiff and it can take some time to work through. So absolutely love that one. Cause you're going to feel it in so many areas of your body, your hamstrings, your back, um, and then through the torso as well. So that one is a great one. I find, uh, for pregnancy and postpartum. I still love doing it now. So yeah, I love that. Yeah. So good. And if you are familiar with strength training or kettlebell work, windmills or half kneeling windmills, it's basically the same position. And that is such a great exercise to continue doing through pregnancy if you are able to. Mm -hmm. So then one other one that I really like in pregnancy and postpartum if you've done any programs of mine, you'll have seen this one and it's a half kneeling hip flexor stretch with overhead reach. So when people tend to think of stretching their hip flexors, they often will think about getting into this long lunge or a runner's lunge type position. And we just back this way up into a shorter stance. So consider kneeling down on one knee, other leg bent in front of you with the foot down flat. So you're in like a 90-90 position, 90 degree angles on both knees. And then we're going to squeeze the back leg glute, reach the back leg arm up in the air, and then slightly reach and bend over, over top of that front leg. 
And if you engage that back glute and reach up nice and tall and extended through that arm and then reach over, you'll often feel a stretch through the belly and then down the front of the hip into the thigh. So I just invite people to try a different version of stretching the hip flexors that is not getting into this huge lunge position. That is fine too, but try it a different way because the sensation through the abdominal wall and into the front of the hip feels really different for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. No, I love that one. That's a really good one. And I think it's great. Um, that you mentioned that for people to realize like when you do this work in pregnancy, it will often feel different, especially if you're doing this in your third trimester compared to when you're pre-pregnancy, your body has gone through changes. So that kind of sensation, for example, in the hip flexor is going to feel different in the first trimester versus your third. Um, one other one I wanted to bring up is just in general with the birth ball. I find a lot of people, when I talk to my clients or um, in my bump to birth course, I think a lot of people are surprised to hear about using the birth ball in pregnancy for comfort versus just using it when you're in labor. And I find using it in pregnancy, lots of benefits. It helps with comfort, but it also then allows you to figure out what positions actually feel really amazing. So then your body might gravitate to that more during labor anyways. Um, so one of the ones I do love is, as I was mentioning before, sitting on the ball, doing, you know, pelvic tilts, pelvic circles, that kind of thing, but also kneeling with your upper body resting over the ball and fully let your upper body go. So let your head rest on the ball. You can turn it to the side, let your upper body rest, because if you're going to use this in labor, you don't want to be wasting energy holding up your upper body. So let the ball do the work. Um, and then with pregnancy, I find this just feels so good on the back and the belly. Um, and if you have rib pain, I find this is fantastic. When I have people come in to see me, we'll be doing various things for treatment. But when I get them in this position, they're like, I don't feel the rib discomfort anymore. So it just, I find it allows you to breathe a little bit easier just with the position that you're in. Um, and then how you can add some mobility work is you can play around with, um, the position of your legs, whether the knees are wider or do a bit of internal rotation, which I know isn't often talked about in pregnancy. But um, again, for birth, when we talk about birth positions, a bit of internal rotation around the hip can actually be helpful to open the outlet. Um, but for mobility, you can actually just rock back and forth. So kind of almost rock into a child's pose and back up and it feels great on the back. It feels great on the hips. And then you can hang out on, um, kneeling, just resting in that position afterwards with some deep breathing um, as a static position. But I find doing the rocks feels really nice with the ball. I love it. You just reminded me actually of probably like the tiniest little mobility exercise. It is so much in that second pregnancy. And that was changing up my foot position a lot throughout the day. So yeah, sometimes if I was washing dishes or something, standing still, I would turn my feet inwards for a little while and just notice the difference that that felt like on my pelvis. Cause I noticed a significant difference on how that felt say in my SI joints. And then sometimes I would stand with my feet pointed outwards. What position would that be in dancing? Oh, in like first position or second <laughs> position? Yeah. 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 And then sometimes I would put one foot straight and turn the other one out or turn the other one in and just like flip flopping that throughout the day whenever I was reminded to. Mm -hmm. 
super helpful. Yeah, that's great. I think that's so awesome. It's all those, I think it's helpful for people to hear. It's these little things that honestly add up throughout your day that you don't have to feel like I have to put aside an hour to do exercise every day. These strategies and movement breaks throughout your day can actually make a, often a bigger difference when it comes to comfort um, in pregnancy. So a couple of things, and we've already touched on them. Um, so the benefits of doing mobility work in pregnancy for a vaginal birth, but also for a cesarean birth. So we talked about for vaginal birth, like labor positions, um, position for if you're getting an epidural. And some people going into their first birth may not be aware. So Jess, do you want to share in terms of kind of the position to get into for an epidural? And then people will realize why the cat stretch is so helpful. Yes. Okay. So you will be seated. In my case, I was seated getting the epidural in. This could be different for other people, but I was then coached or cued to round through my lower back as much as I could. And I felt like I was doing that. I was trying as much as I could to round through my lower back. And everyone in that operating room was like, you're going to have to do it more. We need you to round more. And it was so challenging for me at that time. Yeah. And you had gone through a lot of hours of labor at that point. So your body was tired yes. on top of that. And so I find too, what can be helpful um, with doing so kind of that cat position of the cat cow is also practice breathing in it. Because when you're getting an epidural, they're going to tell you to round and they're going to tell you to not move, um, which when you're in labor can be extremely challenging. So even practicing that rounded position, stay there and practice breathing and elongating your breath in that position because that could then help. And I mentioned this too, even if you think you're not going to have an epidural, if you're not thinking that's your preference because you really don't know how labor is going to go, how I view preparing for birth is prepare for all of the possibilities. So even if you don't think that's going to be part of your experience, it's still really worth it. And if you don't have an epidural, like I said, even labor positions, it may be helpful to get into that position to help baby um, get into the pelvis. Benefits for a cesarean birth. I find um, one of the other benefits too is, and I know Jess, you've talked about this, is even just tension in the body um, before and then after. So I find when I see clients um, after a cesarean birth, if they had worked a lot on mobility work before, I find like the recovery with everyone is going to be different regardless, but I find that ju they just have a little bit more freedom within their body because of how much work they did before they went into birth. And I know you had an unplanned and then a planned cesarean. So that's a different experience for your body as well. But how did you feel with that? Because you did prepare more in your second pregnancy that way. Yeah, absolutely. And it is so true that it was my experience as well. After that second C-section, which was the scheduled one, that I felt so much more comfortable in my body overall through that early postpartum recovery period. And for sure, again, highlighting what you said that there are so many factors for this, but I think what my clients even say is useful to them. If they do some mobility work 
in pregnancy before birth, then at least they know some tricks to go to postpartum when they are feeling maybe achy or stuck or like a tin person, because that really can be the experience postpartum with a C-section. If you have been so limited in how you can move after that major surgical procedure for quite a few days or quite a few weeks, at least you have some go-to positions that you know might feel okay and good on your body that you can then start to test a little bit. So in terms of the benefits postpartum, it goes back to, we've touched upon this, you know, the benefits in pregnancy, it's very similar. Um, And Jess just talked about as well that you know, being familiar in pregnancy with wet mobility exercises feel great for you often can then be your go-to ones postpartum. Um, And then also how we talked about all the awkward lifting and movements that come after baby arrives. So keeping that in mind that all this, um, this work you're doing in pregnancy has benefits both for birth, but also for your recovery. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. You can find any links or resources we discussed in the show notes at tobirthandbeyond.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the To Birth and Beyond podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. You can find any links or resources we discussed in the show notes at tobirthandbeyond.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the To Birth and Beyond podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. 